Hello, everyone. I'm Jack Sweeting. I'm here today with Claire Jones and Kayla Zhang for a roundtable discussion on unions. Uh, Claire, Kayla, would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Sure. Uh, hi, I'm Kayla Zhang, and I am the executive producer of The Daily Weekly. Thanks for having me, Jack. Yes, likewise. Thank you for having me, Jack. My name is Claire Jones, and I am a content creator here on the Michigan Daily Podcast team. So for today's roundtable... The essential question that we're trying to answer is, is there a clear answer as to why labor unions are coming back? I think that the rise of COVID pandemic increases in labor disruptions has really significantly caused the demand for workers to have more environments to work in. Because, you know, during the COVID-19 pandemic, a lot of things changed, and that put a lot of demand on people who have essential jobs. And some of them, unfortunately, weren't able to see the needed changes in the workforce that they needed. So I think as of now, a lot of people are trying to decrease that, like we just discussed here in Ann Arbor with the nurses ongoing strike. And I think it's good to see them come back because it's nice to see workers get better wages and working environments to do their jobs. I'll so my next question is, what do labor unions do? What exactly are the responsibilities of workers that join a union? Why do workers choose to join a union? So unions are teams of individuals coming together to guarantee things like decent wages, affordable health care, job security, safe and respectful workplaces, and fair scheduling. Uh, unions are responsible for many of the labor reforms that we've seen over the last century, and I think Claire can talk about some of the historical reforms that they've enacted. Yes. So thank you for that, Kayla. Yeah. So labor unions have been in the U.S. for quite a long time now. And starting in the 1930s, they were very important in ending child labor practices that were here during um, right after the Great Depression and throughout the Depression. Going a little bit further into history, in the 1940s through the 1950s, union p power had reached its peak during the FDR presidency and when Congress enacted the New Deal and the Wagner Act, which was in 1935, which um, helped to create rights for employees to form and join unions through strategic collective bargaining units to make better work environments. And I'll just add on one more thing. In addition to collective bargaining, another pow powerful tool that unions use are strikes which is essentially involving refusing to work as a form of protest. And we've seen a lot of strikes take place in the last year. I'm sure we'll get to that later in the episode. Thank you. Uh, I've noticed over the last year or so, there's been a lot of stories in the news about unions lately. I've seen Amazon workers unionizing, Starbucks workers unionizing. I see there's a nurse's strike at the University of Michigan. Why? are unions experiencing this resurgence in popularity? What trends are contributing to this? 
you know, I really, like I said earlier, think the pandemic has a lot to do with it. And because people are just talking to one another in the past and being in person for a lot of those essential jobs like nurses and Starbucks and for Amazon workers, they see each other every day and they can relate to the struggle. So if they're able to come together and consistently see if they can help one another instead of individually struggling with having bad employment um, situations, then I think that union strikes are definitely increasing. As well as just overall, I think that people are becoming better activists in today's society. And with that also leads to higher um, increases of people wanting to strike when it comes to their employment. And one trend that I would like to point out is the revival in union membership. So before you form a union, at least one that's certified by the federal government, you have to file a petition for an election with an agency called the National Labor Relations Board. And once you file that petition, you have to go with your coworkers to vote and vote in a union that potentially the government will effectively bless, so to speak. And what we've seen in 2022 is that these filings are up to 60% over what they were the same period a year earlier. Um, and this is in correlation to a rise in income inequality and a real concentration of wealth within the top 1%. So all of these factors together um, are contributing to a popularity of union membership. So what unions are there currently in Ann Arbor and around the University of Michigan community? Well, we've got the Grad Student Union Organization. GEO is the oldest continuously certified graduate student union in the country. We first uh, were formed in the 70s, um, basically uh, as a result of a month-long strike uh, to get our first contract. In the intervening years, GEO has won some really important uh, protections for grad workers, including uh, things like premium-free healthcare, tuition waivers for PhD students, you know, compensation, protections for uh, LGBTQ uh, grad students. You know, recently went on strike in 2020 over COVID safety. We really got some of the best trans healthcare protections really of any grad union in the country. So, you know, we've historically, and I think continue to be on the forefront of raising the bar for the kind of uh, compensation benefits and workplace expectations that graduate students should have. And to touch on the unions at the university. So I know some of you guys might not have been here, but in 2020, um, back when I was a sophomore, we saw the GEO, the Graduate Employees Organization, um, and the residential advisors go on strike demanding greater accommodations against COVID-19. They were complaining about the lack of empathy and just um, protections in the classroom and in the residential halls. And if you were here, you might have remembered the chants of strikers saying, U of M works because we do. Um, and that presence was unmistakable. So when th that strike was going on, there was a lot of legal battles between the university and those strikes. Um, and eventually they did reach an agreement. This year, the union is going to be renegotiating our contract with the university. And it's my job to basically uh, put together our bargaining platform, you know, the priorities of changes we want to make in the contract. And now this month, the University of Michigan Professional Nurse Council, U of M UMPNC, 
voted to authorize a strike after months of unsuccessful contract negotiations with the university. And the uni union's issues with the current labor practices include understaffing, abnormal nurse-to-patient ratios, being required to work in multi-unit positions, and unfair wages, amongst others. Thank you for that answer. I'll just continuing with that discussion, uh, the University of Michigan is the largest single employer in Washtenaw County and has, as you mentioned with the GEO and other unions, collective bargaining agreements with several different labor organizations. Uh, aside from these strikes, how would you generally describe the university's interactions with and attitudes towards labor organizations? I think the university is very aware of their omnipotence or just strength and power over these unions. I think really what it comes down to is that we can't expect the university to give us the protections and compensation that we deserve. And it's not possible for graduate students or any type of worker to stand up to the boss by themselves. So all the union really is, is workers coming together. So that's what we are. We're just the, all the grad students at the university cooperating to to win the things that we need and deserve. Um, so going back to the GEO strike in 2020, um, some people called their threats of legal recourse cowardly from the university um, and abusive in that these GEO workers had gone on strikes. These were graduate student instructors who voluntarily were stopped working, were out of a job, and they were forced to return because of the threat of legal action. But since then, I do think that the university has made significant strides um, in uh, listening to and really meeting the needs of these different strikes. Um, in addition, once the lecturers and GEOs reached an agreement, their contract included benefits for lecturers such as longevity raises, increased job security provisions, enhanced sick pay, amongst other things. So I think they really are trying to be sympathetic of what it's like to work at the university during a pandemic. I think, you know, really case in point of this was the 2020 Strike for Safe Campus in the fall where, you know, the university completely bungled the COVID reopenings plan. So this was, you know, before vaccines were available, they intended to bring students back to campus. As we saw with the stay at home order that eventually had to be issued by the county, they were completely unprepared to have students back on campus. And really a lot of undergrads, tenure track faculty, lecturers, nurses were looking for somebody to stand up and tell the university that what they were doing was unacceptable. And that's why it's so important to have a union, because that allows us to air our grievances and achieve our demands as a collective. And if I can just add one more thing, past five years, GEO has also been trying to be more active in fighting for our members in the community as well. So not just vis-a-vis -vis the university. I know you mentioned that the university has taken some measures to improve the working conditions of its employees. Uh, are there any other examples of the union, uh, the university working with unions to kind of enact these changes that improve working conditions? Yeah, I would say that the university has definitely ameliorated the contract terms of several groups who have voted and created unions. Um, just this past summer, there was a newly formed University of Michigan Staff Union called the University Staff United, or USU, um, and they recently announced the unionization of its first unit, Information Resources. So this is in connection to a 
um, organization called LEO-GLAM. Uh, GLAM stands for Galleries, Libraries, Archives, and Museums. Uh, and so these librarians and archivists work at the University of Michigan and um, recently got a new contract um, that was ratified on July 29th after nearly eight months of negotiations and over 30 bargaining sessions. So I think these bargaining sessions reveal um, just the depth of activity that the university has engaged in to try to meet the needs of these unions. And so uh, the university reached agreements reached agreements with LEO GLAM on 39 different provisions, and 98.4% of LEO GLAM members voted to approve the contract. So I think all in all, um, the labor relations at the university are drastically improving. For us, we really like to have a collaborative relationship with other unions. You know, we share our office with LEO, the lecturers union. We've been very supportive with the nurses who are bargaining right now, you know, themselves on the verge of going on strike. So I think that, you know, when it comes to unions, we're stronger together. So it's really about uh, cooperation between campus unions. And in the past, even when we've gone on strike, it's been, you know, really incredible to see, for example, the building trades refusing to cross our picket lines and stopping their own work, you know, at personal cost in order to, you know, support the right, the democratic right of every worker to go on strike. So how does one become a part of the graduate employees organization? All you need to do is sign one of these union cards. It's like a, we call these yellow cards. So to get in touch, if you're a graduate student at the university, you should be you should have uh, you know like a steward in your department, which is kind of the connection between the union and you know the individual members who's responsible for organizing the departments. So they should be uh, you know going up to you and asking you if you want to join, trying to convince you to stand up for yourself and uh, fight for your rights through the union. Then to just end off this roundtable discussion. If I want to learn more about unions and labor history, where are some resources where I can start? I would say the best place where I educated myself on the history of unions would be the Economic Policy Institute. Their website is, I believe, epi.org. And even though it sounds very high um, in academia, it's very in layman's terms and explains a lot about the history of unions, their impact on society, and it also helps to address how they are coming back with major companies that we have here in the United States, like mentioned, Amazon and Starbucks. Complete the sentence for me. Without the GEO representation at UMish, the school would lose blank. So I think without GEO representation at the university, the school would be less democratic. When we think about democracy, we tend to limit it to a very small part of our lives. But really, we generally are taking orders a lot more from our bosses than from our government. So it's, to me, you know, I'm a political scientist, I study democratic theory, and it makes no sense to me that we should have democracy only at the political level, but not at the economic level. So unions are an incredibly important site of democracy. And when we see moves, be it from the university administration, as we saw when they sued our union in, in 2020, or at the level of state government passing, you know, anti-democratic right to work laws or passing legislation to prevent us from unionizing uh, graduate student research assistants as they did 10 years ago. Those are really attacks on democracy and should be considered as such. Mir, thank you so much for your time. Okay, no problem. Thanks for talking to me. And just to end, um, I wanted to highlight this is pulled from a, uh, an article from the, Daily, the Michigan Daily Opinion a couple years ago that 
It's not just on Labor Day that we should think about our unions and union workers. The unions in your local community, state, and country have and continue to make a huge difference, and we've seen that here definitely at the university. So the next time you get on a blue bus, go see a show at Hill, um, go shopping, or take a class at Angel, remember that a union was probably involved in making that happen and allowing you to have a seat there. At Michigan, the University of Michigan Professional Nurse Council continues to negotiate with the university to prevent a nurse's strike. Members of the union have voted to authorize a strike should negotiations fail, but negotiations continue. In Minnesota, 15,000 nurses from the Minnesota Nurses Association have completed a three-day strike to protest unfair labor practices. No deal has been reached between these nurses and Minnesota hospitals. A Mount Pleasant, Michigan Starbucks location has voted to unionize, joining the more than 200 Starbucks stores across the country that have voted to unionize from 2021 to 2022. And in a breaking development, freight train workers have reached an agreement with railroad companies to avert a planned strike. A freight rail strike would have significant economic repercussions and further disrupt already strained supply chains. The agreement was made after members of the Biden administration met with representatives of several freight rail unions. As a result of these negotiations, union members have won a 14% raise with back pay dating back to 2020, raises totaling 24% during the five-year life of their contract, and cash bonuses of $1,000 a year. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Daily Weekly. We look forward to producing content throughout the semester and the rest of the school year. This episode was produced by Managing Editor Doug McClure, Executive Producer Kayla Zhang, Senior Podcast Editor Sophia Terenzo and Isaac Mintz, and Content Producers Rhea Basarkar, Hannah Devereaux, Claire Jones, Ella Price, and Jack Sweeting, with audio engineering and composition from Julian Chancholo and Omid Shadhidi. The Daily's theme song was composed by Gibson Gillett Barons.